0: Hello dear podcast listeners, Andy Clark here with A New Here in Holland. I can only describe this as a special episode. Sometimes you meet people and your assumptions are truly tested. The way you look at things turned on its head. I've never been one for stuff that can't easily be explained by science, logic and rational analysis. And like most, I'm pretty sceptical of people making extraordinary claims. But what if the person making those claims is a scientist... Has studied physics at Cambridge University and has a PhD in environmental science.
1: I was working with a client and there was something very much, you know, stuck in, in her system. And the way that I feel that is I feel a stuckness in me. And then I was drawn to put my hands on a part of her throat just near where the collarbones were. And I could really feel very strong grief in that area.
0: This is Sue Sushnik. She feels people's emotions, literally by laying her hands on their bodies, her goal to help people regain balance in their lives, by realizing what's holding them back. Sound like hocus-pocus? Well, keep listening. I first met Sue Sushnik a few months ago. I'd given a presentation on podcasting, and afterwards she came up to me and we got talking. She seemed pretty normal. I remember her introducing herself before the talk as someone working with highly sensitive, highly intelligent or multifaceted people. I had no idea what she was on about and put it down to probably not being highly sensitive, intelligent or multifaceted myself. But after a few minutes talking to Sue, I became intrigued. She told me she could feel people's grief and emotional pain by laying her hands on their bodies. I know it sounds nuts, she told me straight away in a bid to stop me thinking she was really nuts. Normally, I would have run a mile, but Sue is highly intelligent herself, and however wacky it sounded, the way she talked about what she did was measured, logical, and delivered in a wonderfully understated British way, which was at once disarming and endearing. We agreed to stay in touch, and after a call and more questions from me, an interview was planned. And we agreed that Sue would lay her hands on me too and try and read my emotions. With an open mind, but slightly apprehensive about what my body was going to give away about my mental state, I set off to Sue's place near The Hague. What was the question? <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just just to introduce yourself again. I started
0: I I off by asking know. Sue to introduce Hello, herself. Somehow I managed not to press the record button on time and had to ask again. It seemed I was already giving myself away. But with much hilarity, we were off and running. But would I still be smiling by the end of the day after allowing myself to undergo this emotional examination?
1: Hello, I'm C. Schnick and I'm a Brit living here in Effenberg, which is just outside The Hague.
0: OK, great. Um, and you have an unusual um, job, an unusual... You work for yourself, but you, you do something which is kind of out of the ordinary. Explain what that is
1: okay so the you know when people have potential and you can say well I've got potential but I can't unblock it I can't release it I can't be my full potential my full me in the world well I'm kind of like a blummer who comes along and unblocks that potential and lets it flow and the way that I do that is quite particular it's quite specific and it's working with the energies that are in people which is immediately going to sound totally wacky to a lot of people listening to this
0: Okay. I mean, first off, you, you, on your website, you have a certain description of the people you work with. You mm-hmm. know, can you tell me what that description is and what's the kind of, before we dive deeper into the kind of, you know, the, the unusual aspects of this, mm-hmm. just give me, give me the kind of front page explanation front page. first and, okay. then, and then we'll dive into the, the kind of details.
1: Okay. So the, uh, the front page level is that I'm an intuitive coach for highly intelligent and highly sensitive people that's the the top level of things and uh that can the coaching can cover it can cover relationships it can cover emotional issues it can cover money issues how people relate with their finances when it all just rushes out of the bank at the end of the day um it's it's whatever holds people back in their lives and i particularly focus on these two uh, groups of highly sensitive and highly intelligent because that's where i come from i come from an academic background um phd in environmental sciences if you want the if you want the cv here and uh, my undergraduate was in physics so that's that's my background that's where i've come from so that's where i focus in my work with clients
0: okay so so you've you've kindly agreed to uh, to sort of uh, do a little test on me or let me experience yeah, one of I your agree. sessions yeah. well, what can i expect then
1: what can you expect that's such an interesting question because it, what, what can we expect It's whatever's already in you so it, we'll we'll see what that is and it will also be what you're ready for um, my experience through the years has shown me that the, the messages the information I get from people's bodies is what they're ready to digest it's what they're ready to hear what they're ready to process so uh, we'll see what that is a bit of a mystery
0: okay where are we going then
1: we'll go through this way
0: okay so what's this room,
1: this room. Um, this is the, uh, the the room at the back of the apartment, which has got the, the balcony out that way. So a bit of sunlight today. Um, here's the the table you can pop up. Okay. Here. So
0: it's a kind of massage table, and Sorry, you, yes. you want me just to lie down on that with the uh, face lie down.
1: down. Uh, no, with your with your face up. So lie on your back comfortably, oh. and I can get you some blankets if you need. I think where it, I really had um, an eye opener. Moment was I was actually giving a massage to the man who's now my husband, before we got married, and I did not know why I was particularly drawn to a particular area of his back, but I was. My I needed to put my hands on that particular area, is that on his middle lower back, and I knew how to put my hands there, and I I didn't know what this was, and I just followed it, and I thought, okay, I'll just give this a go, see what happens. Put my hands on his back, and immediately his whole body relaxed. It was like he just let go and just kind of sank onto the bed he was lying on. And I thought, that's interesting. How did I know how to do that? How did that have such a big effect on him? And then the scientist part of me kicked in and go, and went, can I do it again? What circumstances can this happen in? Uh, who is it relevant to? Does it work with all people or just with my husband? Does it work with... Um, you know all sorts of different contexts and and so then the scientist the observer part of me came in and and just paid more attention to it when am i doing this how am i doing this what is it that i'm doing i don't know but it seems to be doing something for people and then i started just playing with it is probably the best way to describe it so when i was with my friends i would have my senses open however you if you can make sense of that, um, to see what, what else is coming through. What else am I picking up on? What's what's coming through here? And I discovered I had a bit of a knack for, for coaching and for counselling because I could pick up on the undercurrents that people were experiencing and name them and reflect them back to people. So this would happen in discussions with friends, people that I knew, people that I didn't know so well. And what you might be aware of, as we do this, we do this session, is you might be aware of me. Um, sometimes my body moves when things move through me, but uh, well, that's what it feels like anyway. And sometimes uh, I can cough quite badly um, because okay. it seems to be uh, it seems to be that some of the energy sometimes passes through me like some kind of Hoover, and then I need to cough to empty my dust bag. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: lovely thought. It's hilarious. Okay. It's hilarious. I will be sprayed with emotional dust.
1: No, it it goes out the window. It's it's there's a directionality to it. Uh I have had a session, uh, quite a few sessions actually, when people have had, um, you know, really, quite, they've had difficult stuff. Let's say they've had painful stuff. Oh my god! It's a way that I feel sensations in my body that give me information about what the person I'm working with needs. So it's that I feel a draw in my arms. I feel like I need to move my arms in a certain direction to put my hands on, say, the leg or the foot or the hand of the person I'm working with. And then what's happened with time is that the sensations I get become, have become more specific. So I can put my hands on somebody and if they've got something, for example, a really strong grief happening for them, then I feel the experience of grief in me. And then I can say to my client, there seems to be some grief in this area. And then they are able to tune into that. And it's almost as though a resonance happens between us that then helps me to amplify for them what they're feeling. And then they can process it and digest it. And that's where the unblocking comes in. That's where the release happens. Because these previously unidentified emotions that are being held in the body become identified, become known, become experienced, and from that they become released.
0: And what does grief feel like?
1: It it can really vary. Um, Sometimes it can feel like screaming. Sometimes it feels like um, acute pain uh, in various parts of the body. I was working with a client... And there was something very much, you know, stuck in in her system. And the way that I feel that is I feel a stuckness in me. And then I was drawn to put my hands on a part of her throat, just near where the collarbones were. And I could really feel very strong grief in that area. And what that means is that it's not so much like a zap of an electrical signal that comes up my arms, but I start to feel um, that there is grief in me. And so my body reflects what's going on in in the other person. And then when I told my client that, she then tuned into it and she started talking about a loss that she'd experienced. And the, it was just like the doorways opened, um, and she really could just let go into having that experience come out that had been stuck in her body for whatever reason. When things happen to us, when especially when difficult things happen to us, one of the ways the body protects itself is to shut down. And it stops us from experiencing stuff. And that's why we get over stuff 10, 20 years after it's happened. We'll suddenly start thinking about somebody or an argument we had and then actually we think, ''Oh, yeah, that's what was going on there. Yeah, all right, yeah.'' And then somehow we're over it. But you can't quite put your finger on how you got over it. It just sort of happens and how I work is to to help people to have that space to let those processes happen to let those things come out of the body and and to tell the person what it is they need to know from that experience, what it is they need to learn or to recognise from that experience
0: okay. ok, so what do we do?
1: So what we do is you, you try to relax okay. and try not to think about making a good podcast <laughs> so. Right, I'll shut up now um, and just uh, what I'd ask you to do is just be aware of of what's going on for you. What are you noticing in terms of your physical body, in terms of your emotions, and in terms of what's happening in your mind as well? Because sometimes what can come through is, you know, it's just like it's like, oh, I'm thinking about so and so again, or I'm thinking about that thing, and it might not seem relevant, but sometimes it actually is very, very relevant, and that's. Uh, it's, a, it's a certain art of getting used to knowing what's important and what's not okay. in your minds. Mm. So just relax. And what I'm doing now is I'm just tuning in to well, what do I feel? Um, I'm going to use the word energy because I don't have another one to use. But what do I feel energetically from your body? Where mm-hmm. am I drawn to, to work with? What bit feels like it needs the attention? What's, what bit is asking for? It? And it's very clearly your head so the the plumbing part of it is based on how i experience the sensations in my hands particularly as i work with somebody and it does seem to me that what i'm feeling are um, sensations of movement sensations of perhaps water or something else moving past my hands when i have my hands on somebody's body so from that it it seems to me that it's something to do with like a plumbing system or that we've got some kind of system in us which stuff moves along which I'm I'm fumbling for the words because we don't yet have the words for this that's that's why I'm fumbling we either make new words or we use the existing ones and then people say no it's not energy and it's not momentum and it's not inertia because those are all physics terms so the idea of the the plumbing system is that we we're born with our bodies we're born with our systems and then things happen during our lives and blockages build up in our systems. And these can build up layer by layer by layer, like LimeScale does. And that could be, for example, an ongoing, an ongoing difficult or traumatic situation that's just part of your life. So, for example, kids who are going through neglect or through abuse. And it, it doesn't need to be, like, full-on massive episodes. It could just be just persistent Bad treatment from from the people around them, and these layers of limescale build up, and over time you then get a block in the system, and then the work that I do can help to to free those those blocks up. And of course, when you've got a block in one place in the system, it affects the other places in the in the system. So you might have, let's just call it channel A, and there's a block in channel A, but then that might lead to an. Uh, too much trying to flow through Channel B, and then Channel B gets a bit overloaded, and then Channel C starts to overload, and then Channel H jumps into the picture to try and alleviate some of the pressure. And Channel H is really not supposed to be doing any of this. So there's a whole rebalancing going on. Um, and I'm just, I am just making up these channel names. And please don't draw any comparisons with acupuncture and Chinese meridians because I'm not talking about that. That's not my background. It's not my experience.
0: But it's a bit like stress, though. People recognise these days, you know, stress is an emotional thing, but it leads to physical uh, manifestations and illnesses. Is it? Is it like that?
1: Uh, it is. It is like that, yeah. Um, the stress. And I'm particularly drawn to working with, with trauma because the stuff I do can really get into the underlying stuff. It can really unlock the underlying stuff. And so these people who've had um, serious trauma or ongoing trauma... And it, and it stays in the body. And there's been research done and work done amongst others by Bessel van der Kolk and by Gabor Mate on the effects of trauma on the on the body and how doing things like yoga can actually have a massive effect on your psychological well-being because the work in the body helps the psychological system to re-stabilise itself. Mm. I think the most important thing is that we discovered that trauma changes the brain. And so a lot of people still think that trauma is something that happens to you, that is a story about the past. Um, But that's a story about the past, what really is trauma, is that your brain gets changed and you see the world differently and you live in a different body and you live in a different world where you see things differently and experience things differently from other human beings. Mm -hmm. And so the great challenge of trauma treatment is how to help people to feel fully alive and to to detoxify themselves from the impact of the trauma. That's that's actually the big issue. Um, And there's many different methods of doing that. And in my book, I describe various things. Very important. The Science voice of
0: Bessel van der Kolk, a Boston-based a... Dutch psychiatrist who's world-renowned for his work on post-traumatic stress. He agrees with Sue that emotional stress and trauma can have a devastating physical impact. But this laying on of hands and tuning into specific emotional blocks, is there a scientific explanation for this? Coming up in a few minutes, we'll hear about a medic in the US who can feel physical pain in patients. So if there's this kind of proven extreme empathy for physical pain, why not a similar highly developed sense for emotions? That's what I found myself thinking. And what would my own experience on Sue's table tell me? And why did we end up talking about Star Trek Next Generation at one point?
2: Did you know I'm a Betazoid? I'm empathic, which means... I know when people are lying. Tell me, what's the longest you've ever been incarcerated?
0: <laughs> I'm talking to Sue Sushnick, to who's a coach cancer. who tunes into people's emotions by communicating with different parts of their bodies with her hands. More from her and more on how my experience on her table went in just a minute but as ever a quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already apple podcasts or your android app of choice all free and tell family and friends too here in holland only exists online so i rely on you guys spreading the word you can also listen via the website hereinholland.com, and there's facebook too of course facebook.com forward slash podcast here in holland okay back to the show and can you also recognise uh, physical pain, feel physical pain from somebody else?
1: Physical pain is not is not my thing. There are people who do do that. Um, there's a medic in the States who directly experiences other people's physical pain as his own pain, and he he calls it mirror-touch synesthesia.
2: A doctor of neurology with a rare neurological trait, his name is Dr Joel Salinas, and when he tells his patients he can feel their pain he means it.
1: Interesting story, Boston 25 news anchor Elizabeth Hopkins spoke with him about his condition and uh, Lily, he kept this secret for a long time.
2: Yeah, you know as a doctor he was worried what people might think and it's only recently that he's been willing to share his story with the hope that other people will take away a deeper... sense. Dr. Salinas has mirror touch synesthesia. It's a documented but rare neurological condition that causes him to feel physical experiences of other people. I scratch, he feels it. Literally. I felt the, the kind of the scratching of your your hand against the so it's the left side of your neck but I felt it on the right side of my neck like in Mary. It's true of particularly intense situations too. If they are gasping for air, I feel like I'm gasping for air. If they're having a panic attack, I feel like I'm having a panic attack. Before you dismiss him, I think a, a really easy interpretation to it is to think that like I'm crazy. Consider that you kind of have it too. So like when we see someone get tackled by, uh, by a by football player or fall and hit their face, that cringe that ooh feeling, is that system becoming active. Except for Dr Salinas, it is intense and physical. Science is only just starting to understand the phenomenon.
1: So So, synesthesia is when your senses are kind of, they're not exactly misfiring, but they're doing more than we would expect them to do. And um, that chap particularly feels other people's physical pain. And uh, I'm aware of other people who also have that and then it becomes difficult to say, well, what's physical pain and what's emotional pain? Because in some, ex- in some ways, they register in the body in the same way. Emotional pain will register just as pain. It hurts. You can describe it using the same language. Um, and that's more the stuff that that I have access to. A bit like um, Councillor Troy in Star Trek Next Generation.
2: I'm a Betazoid. I'm empathic, which
1: means I know when people are lying. Tell me. So, councillor Troy was. Um, gosh, this is from a bit from the 90s, I think. You excuse my uh, excuse my age. The, the councillor Troy was from a particular um, species, if I get the term correct. And they're able to have this heightened empathy, I think they refer to it as empathy, where she can pick up on other people's feelings and motivations and intentions, and then she relays that information to the captain of the the Enterprise, Captain Picard, so he can then use that information as part of his overall captaining of, of the ship. Can I swear? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty really fucking pissed off. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> uh, sometimes it's like it's like layers. It can be a bit archaeological. Mhm. So sometimes I get like the top layer, and then we get the uh, the next layer underneath, and then the next layer, and the next layer. Okay. So, we'll see. no nothing I've just asked it, anything else from this area so I, I hold the dialogue um, kind of in my head with but it's not in my head because the other part comes in from from you it's a bit like in Harry Potter where he says just because it's in your head does that mean it's any less real or something like that ok um, and so I'm asking this part of your body this side of your waist you know what, what else is there anything else here and it's kind of like no thanks thanks for popping by Okay. it's almost a bit like a magnetic experience you, you feel the pull between the magnets and it, it's a particular experience so i feel the pull in my hands towards particular places and sometimes i experience it like a client's lying on the on the massage table in front of me with clothes on and i i just know that my hands need to go on their shoulder and their right shoulder not their left shoulder it's, it's very clear it's it needs to be on the right shoulder and then something will happen with the right shoulder and then i i I notice patterns sometimes so i tend to work with people's legs because i see the legs almost as as drain pipes because when i put my hands on i do feel a kind of rushing sensation which seems to me the, the way i interpret it it seems to be things rushing out of the body and so you could call that energy you could call it what it is but that those are the sorts of sensations that i get and how it works
0: how do you rhyme that with your scientific background when you when you're kind of having this experience and, and, and you're doing what you do and seeing that? How how does it kind of how do you square square that with your own kind of critical uh, trained critical sort of look as a scientist as, as to something which is very difficult to explain?
1: I, th- I think I'd look at that as like, well, how else could I explain it? I have these experience how else can I explain this so um, you look in the you look in the science and you look at what's there about senses and you look at what's there about synesthesia and you see these other things there Um, and then some people would say well you're just hallucinating I'm like well how is it how is my hallucination valid for the other person how are we having the same hallucination at the same time is that what you're saying if somebody were to challenge me on, on hallucinations so what I'd say more generally about science is that science knows what science has been able to know so far. And there's a certain, um, there's a certain view of science that science has the facts. And I think to, to some extent that, that is true. The other part of science, having been in it as a, as a scientific researcher, is that it's about the process. It's about the way that you approach something and I say to somebody who comes to me and says your experiences do not happen I say well that's rather an, an unscientific way of looking at it because that's showing an immediate closed mind and an immediate dismissal of somebody's observations um so I approach it as a at a kind of technical technical technician kind of level which is that I, I know that it does something I don't Yet know exactly how I can scientifically explain it with regard to the neuroscience of what goes on, with regard to the sensations that I'm receiving in my body. If somebody wants to hook me up to some kind of scanner and see what's going on in my head in my brain, when I'm doing this work, and in and in the brain of my client, I would love that. I w- I would be so fascinated to see what's what's happening in there, um, and that science only knows what it's been able to know so far and there's always more that that we can know about for the time being i take it that this stuff works i see it work i see it work in my own experience i see it work in the lives of my clients and i'm 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 not going to say that it doesn't work and i'm not going to accept somebody who says it doesn't work because just because they think it doesn't work because it shouldn't work because of the other things that they believe what's needed i tend to care the, me- the information from the body that the person needs. Mm-hmm. So if you've already got that information, you don't necessarily need me to know it. If you see what mm-hmm. I mean, so it may or may not come through. Mm. But as you as you talk about the about your work situation, I get a feeling in my arms of like almost beating my fists against the wall sort of thing. <laughs> almost beating my fists against the the system or something.
0: Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of frustration in uh, (coughs) uh, telling your story over and over again about how effective uh, podcasting can be in people sort of seeing it. And do you think that most people uh, in modern society are are kind of in touch with their feelings and in touch with with their inner selves?
1: I think it varies enormously from person to person. Um, varies enormously, depending on their their context and their experiences and and their belief systems you know, so if some people believe you know i don 't have emotions that 's going to affect a lot of their openness towards their emotional experience um, i I see it particularly in in what I see in in men that there 's a lot of conditioning for men to not feel their emotions and to not be open to stuff and to not. Um, allow themselves to be sensitive and I know a lot of men who are incredibly sensitive and I think it's a real loss I think it's a real shame for the men themselves and for everybody around them that that sensitivity is is turned off or turned down very low to a point where it it damages the, the people I think that's really sad
0: At the end of the session, I asked Sue what she thought. Um, is my session a typical session, or was it unusual? Were you surprised, or did you think, okay, you know, there's somebody with a lot of problems, or is somebody <laughs> <with> borderline uh, <laughs> yeah, psychotic, or?
1: No, it's. Um, I think, like, like I said to you at cool. one point during the session, that you know your system feels fairly clear. You're not, you know, you're not too beat up and full of gunk, kind of thing, to put it very plainly uh, and some people are m- much more full of gunk from the things that they've gone through the experiences they've had mm-hmm. so it really depends on on where somebody's at in, the, in yeah. their journey in their session
0: not too beat up and full of emotional gunk yeah. sounds okayish, i guess yeah, I mean, sue that's identified that's frustration wrong. i was having yeah, with really work deep deep and deep pointed to pain deep deep. in my, deep abdomen, deep abdomen, in abdomen, <throat> my <throat> abdomen during the session Both of these were accurate, and I had the feeling throughout that this was a genuine exchange. I became deeply relaxed and slipped into what felt like a trance-like state. Sue identified other things too, and I have to say I was taken aback by the accuracy of what she said. Frank and forthright at times, she seemed to be able to peel back my layers at ease by moving round my body and laying her hands on me and having what can only be described as a kind of a conversation with my legs or feet or yeah, back. Interesting, yeah. But well, when you felt here on my lower left side, you mm. had a really quick feeling of, uh, of sickness? Yeah. You felt sick, physically sick? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. I have a hernia in my left lower back. I had a hernia, uh-huh. slipped disc, the Dutch called oh, hernia, okay. a couple of years, two years ago. Yeah. But I've been having pain here recently. On this side, oh, and and from I just thought it was it's the hernia again, I think, you know. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, it's a sort of painful area of my body. Um, wow. And there's an area that I was thinking maybe I should go and get checked out again. Maybe or...
1: <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe you should. Yeah. I mean, sometimes these these emotional stuff can show up physically. Mm. So I had one client who yeah. was suffering quite a lot of hip pain. Right. And she came for a session and what transpired was that her hip was like the storing place for everything Mm -hmm. so all the pain she had all the anger she had well not all of it but a lot of it just got stuck in that Mm. it was like a pinch point in the system yeah and so I did some work on her hip and I just felt like torrents of stuff going out from her system and that whole area just became softer and less congested. These are, these are sort of the feelings that I get in my body yeah. when, when I'm when i working on hers. And then after the session she had way less hip pain and much more movement in that hip. Mm. And I, I said to her a couple of weeks later, I said, so when, when are you coming back then? And she said, I don't think I need to. You did such a good job last time. It's like, well, that's very nice, but, you know, I'd like some clients as well, but great that you don't need to come back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Listening back to my own voice, I can tell I'm somewhat in shock as to what has just happened. Here I was in the back bedroom of a flat in a suburb of The Hague with my mind being expanded. I slip back into journalism role briefly, and Sue's answer does nothing to dispel my mind's expanded state. I mean, if people—what well, about the cynics who would say, you know, it's you, it's this kind of money spinner? It's uh...
1: then don't work with me. Don't work with me. If I'm not for you, then fair enough. I can't put it any plainer. I'm not out to necessarily convince people. Um, I'm just there to say this is what I do this is how it works these are the benefits that people get from it these are the insights that people can get in a session with me Mm. through working in this way come and try if it it thinks like if you think it's the thing for you and if you don't think it's the thing for you and you do book it and you come and lie on the table we're just going to have like you know Biles of resistance, and, and anger, and what am I wasting my time for, and it's like, oh, go and do something else, go and do something that works for you, go do something that you're open to.
0: Yeah, well, I certainly came with an open mind, and I'm certainly leaving with a, an even more open mind, I think, I think mm-hmm. it was a, you know, it was a kind of really, uh, yeah, what's a good way of describing it, an intense experience, uh, unusual experience, um, didn't know really what to expect but i think from the beginning when you started to touch my head and visualize and vocalize what you were seeing and what you were it, it was kind of none of it was kind of like that's total nonsense you know and it was it's very interesting to to go through that experience and now afterwards i feel kind of a little bit sort of mm-hmm. i feel a bit drained uh, yeah. and i think we were busy for maybe 30 minutes and yeah, certainly like a, a kind of an emotional experience you know yeah. that i've been through i feel as i've been through kind of quite a yeah, quite quite some uh examination and um heard some home truths I think as well, which is uh, which is yeah, I think it's it's kind of uh still sinking in and it? it's it's really uh it's fascinating what you uh what you seem to have this this gift where you can uh yeah, divine or disseminate certainly at least part of what's going on inside somebody.
1: Mm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for saying that so clearly as well. And I I'd also want to say thank you to you for giving it a punt. <laughs> I
0: might live to regret it.
1: <laughs> and, for, and for coming in with, with an open mind, for coming in with a kind of like, oh, what's all this about? What's it going to be like? Hmm. Yeah, you know, that's, that's you know, really important. And it's a real credit to you because in this day and age, I think it can be quite hard to have an open mind.
0: The amazing and extraordinary Sue Sushnik, who helps people by unblocking their emotions by laying her hands on their bodies and channeling the feelings, drawing these emotions to the surface so they can be tackled in the light rather than letting them fester for years in the darkness. Wrestling with a few of the things Sue said to me, I jumped on the tram and headed back home. Looking back now, I must admit the questioning rational voice is hard to silence but so is the experience of going through this process. And even if science can't yet prove the ability to physically channel emotions, Sue's skill and commitment to helping others certainly convinced me. At the minimum, she has a gift of being able to connect with people and help them hone in on emotional debris blocking their path. And perhaps science will show in years to come that just like the US medic who can experience physical pain in others – that there are some gifted individuals who feel others' emotions. Thanks for listening to this special episode. I'll link to Sue's website in the show notes and to the US doctor, and also to the Boston-based Dutch psychiatrist and expert in post-traumatic stress disorders, Bessel van der Kolk. And remember, please tell friends and family about here in Holland, as podcasters need all the support we can get. As you heard in this episode, it can be a frustrating business sometimes. Please subscribe if you haven't already in Apple Podcasts or the Android app of your choice. I actually have a new podcast out too. It's also available in all of the usual podcast places. It's called World of Podcast, and it's all about podcasting. I think you've spotted the theme. Maybe I'm a bit obsessed with this podcasting business. Anyway, World of Podcast expert tips to help you launch a podcast, whether for yourself, your business, or nonprofit. The first batch of podcasts will be released in one go, and there will be 10 two-minute tips to help you save time launching your podcast. And remember
1: what i'd ask you to do is just be aware of of what's going on for you what are you noticing in terms of your physical body in terms of your emotions and in terms of what's happening in your mind as well
0: from me andy clark thanks for listening